We got several teams that bounced back after a tough week one. Of course, we got some teams that are on a roll. They're 2-0. and But Mitch, we may have already seen the game of the year in week two. We got a lot to talk about in this one. Yeah, week, week two had a little bit of everything. We, we learned a lot about multiple teams in the area, some things we didn't know, and some few surprises. So, yeah, let's get into it. Talking Illinois high school football. If your goals are as high as you talk about, tonight's the night you go out and just take one more step. It's a view from the West. And it starts right now! Welcome into View from the West podcast, the podcast covering Illinois high school football on the western side of the state of Illinois. I'm your host, Greg Armstrong, joined once again, as always, by Mitch Stormer. Mitch, I feel like we were literally just here a few hours ago recording the Instant Reacts. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it. Uh, that, that went deep into the night on, <laughs> yeah. uh, on Friday night, Saturday morning. But, you know, we had a lot to discuss. It was, it was great to, to talk about it in the moment and now that we've had a few days to kind of let it all soak in and and see a little bit more about kind of have that same sort of mentality about all the games that we we had this week so um yeah looking forward to recapping what we saw and looking forward to what we've got on deck mitch i want to pre i want to briefly bring up the uh dedication i have to this podcast so i knew I knew it was going to be, they're always late nights come Friday nights when we start recording the instant reacts, you know, once we get everything settled on a Friday night heading into Saturday morning and then early into Saturday morning as it goes. I also knew that uh, my wife had planned landscaping yard work for some time over Labor Day weekend. I didn't mm-hmm. know. I didn't know it was going to be Saturday morning at 9 a.m. So, uh, let me just say, by the time we got the podcast recorded, by the time I got it sent out there to Podbean, and then I went to bed, ooh, it was a it was a quick turnaround, and I was hauling rock out of the back of a flatbed truck, and that was, oh man, it, it was yeah. it was a long it was a long Saturday, but I hey, I made it through it. I'm here, and our landscaping's done. So you know, all in all, it's a good weekend. That's right. Yeah, life life hits you pretty pretty fast on uh, <laughs> on weekend. So no kidding. Yeah, good, good for you to get your get your yard work done. Hey, we got it. We got it done. You know, it was good to have it done, but I, I wasn't planning on Saturday morning, but it was good to get out of the way. And then we had a good weekend after that. So Mitch, you just wrapped up a fantasy football uh, draft. So how you feel? Feel good. Uh, keeper league. Um, kept Jamar Chase from the Bengals as my, uh, as my receiver. And uh, one of the first years that I, I feel pretty good about all my picks. So that either means it's going to go well, or it's going to go incredibly horrible. So we'll <laughs> see, you know, that's, as much strategy as in defense of football, you're at the mercy of players staying healthy and uh, so many different factors that, that play into that. So, you know what? We'll, we'll see. I, I hope anyone who has done a fantasy draft or is still doing one, what the season starts on Thursday. I mean, yeah. my goodness. So um, yeah, all, all you fantasy football players out there uh, may, may you have the best of luck this year and uh, hope you have a good team. Cause I, I certainly feel that way. So all the, all the luck to you as well. I can't wait to check in on this and see how this team has thrived or, uh, you know, fell flat. We'll find out. Right. Yep. <laughs> All exactly. right. Well, before we jump into the high school ranks, which is what we're here to do, of course, we want to thank our friends at Breedlove Sporting Goods, Western Illinois' premier sporting goods store for uniforms, apparel, equipment, awards, and online team stores. They provide all the same sporting goods services that the nationwide companies do, but with a faster turnaround and their uniform pricing is a fraction of the cost you're probably used to. 
They offer name brands such as Adidas, Under Armour, and Nike, and they're extremely responsive with any inquiries. With a primary focus on the western side of the state of Illinois, Reed Love Sporting Goods is the fastest way to outfit your team. Check them out on Facebook or BreedLoveSports.com. You could also shoot Cal Breedlove an email, calbreedlove at gmail.com for more information. Here we go, Mitch. Week two, we're going to start in Galesburg. The Silver Streaks get the big win 41-7 to over Bartonville Limestone. Streaks only held a 7 to nothing lead at halftime before they really came alive in the second. Amari Richardson closed in on 200 yards rushing, three touchdowns. Gino Williams, how about this? Three interceptions on the defensive side of the ball. We've talked yeah. about him as a quarterback. He has three interceptions, including a pick six. So he had a great game. Mark Lewis and Jamar Range scored for the streaks as well. And also, got to give a shout out. Matt Wheaton was there covering the game. We always appreciate, you know, when he's out there covering things. We, we miss him, you know, being yeah. around on a regular basis in the high school scene. Yeah, good to see his, his uh, Twitter feed up and rolling for a Galesburg game. Just uh, it just felt right. So this, like you said, this is a great win from Galesburg. We we thought that this was going to be an opportunity for them to pick up their first win of the year. Um, I, I don't know about much about their next opponent because it's not a state opponent. So I'm only going to assume that they might have the same fate. But you know, we talked a lot about Gina Williams this year on offense, but now we're, we might have to start, you know, uh, keeping tabs on his defensive stats too, especially with three interceptions, this one and a pick six. So when you play like that on both sides of the ball, you're going to win ball games, and they certainly did on, on Friday night. Yeah, uh, in week two, we'll get into it down the road in a minute here, but uh, it's a road game at Indian Creek, Indiana, but that's an opponent that is sitting at 0-2. So, you know, can the Silver Streaks keep the uh, winning streak alive here? We'll, we'll find out. Well, Mitch, let's get into another team on a winning streak here. How about the Geneseo Maple Leafs? They get the win 27-7 to over Grays Lake Central. Green Machine avenged last season's loss where they were at Grays Lake Central. They get the win on Friday at Bob Reed Field. A.J. Weller had three touchdowns, including an 80-yard option keeper. The Maple Leafs defense forced turnovers. Braden Combs added a pair of field goals early in this game. So Geneseo looking good. I mean, we, we thought in week one that that was going to be a win. I think this one wasn't quite as sure, even though they were at home again. Because, again, they lost to this team a year ago. But this is a great win, I think, for this program heading into Big Six play. Yeah, I said on the instant reacts, I thought Genesio had started 2-0 last year. I, I must just have mistaken that they they beat Grays Lake. So to get a revenge win on Friday, good, good for the Maple Leafs. I'm just continually being impressed with A.J. Weller and what he does with this offense. So they've got a lot of weapons. He's been consistent. Um, and always good to have, you know, that, that kicking kind of uh, – well, we found it with the Morrison game this weekend, right? It's always nice to have a kicker in your back pocket when you need it. And, and Braden Combs got them off to an early lead here in this game. So, um, yeah, great win for Geneseo. Really like their momentum heading into a big game here in week three. Big game in week three. They go on the road to Moline. Speaking of Moline, the Maroons fell at home 38-7 to against Bennett Academy. Mitch, this Bennett Academy squad just has Moline's number. Moline just cannot, year in and year out, can knock it over the hump against Bennett Academy. Give me some of the numbers on this one. Yeah, so the, the Bennett QB, Ryan Kabaki, finished 20 of 27 for 221 yards passing and four touchdowns and added another on the ground. I think he had three in the first half. Uh, Coach Morrissey was very complimentary of his play. It's certainly a very good talent. I think 
I think he's a junior. I think it was only like his second career start. So, um, you know, if, if we're going to be seeing Bennett again, uh, these guys could be, or certainly the quarterback could be a name to watch, but you know, the Maroon offense just struggled to move, move the ball on Friday night. They were limited to 175 yards and that doesn't happen a whole lot. So it's a, it's a big credit that again, coach Morrissey gave to Bennett Academy. They're a very good football program. Uh, Moline junior, junior running back, Adrian Cooper, uh, finished with 11 carries for 111 yards. So a good 10 yards a clip there and had the team's only score, which was the 17 yard touchdown late in the first quarter. So um, again, tough one for Moline, but now how quickly can they kind of get this game out of the back of their minds? Because now not only does, does Western big six play start, but now you've got a game at home against Geneseo, which is really going to have implications on really the rest of your season. Yeah, that that game is huge. We'll talk about it in a few minutes, but that yeah, Moline and Geneseo in week in week three, but week one of the Western Big Six play. Right. Man, that that is a huge way to start conference play. Well, let's keep going down the results from week two. Mitch, how about the Quincy Blue Devils? They get the yep. win 40 to 6 over Alton. Once again, this Blue Devils squad proves they can score in multiple ways from multiple weapons. Junior running back Jareus Rice, 229 yards rushing, four touchdowns. He, I mean, every week, it seems like, you know, going back to last year, he's just piling up yardage, piling up touchdowns. Speaking of piling up yardage and touchdowns, Braden Little, 236 yards through the air, two touchdown passes, one to Tykel Hammers, the other to Jack Metalmeyer. Once again, the Blue Devil defense showed they're strong as well with two interceptions. Mitch, I don't know what else there is to say. This Blue Devil team has done exactly what we expect them, expected them yep. to do in the non-conference. Yeah, so two, two straight weeks, two straight blowouts. And we, we, we said in the beginning, I believe in our prior week one preview, we, we all knew and we all predicted that, that Quincy was going to win the Western Big Six. But we wanted to know how they would play with those expectations on their shoulders. And so far, so good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Brayden Little, Dreas Rice, all, all their playmakers, uh, and Coach Little as well. Just they're doing such a good job this year so far. And uh, again, they, they are hitting, they're firing on all cylinders heading into really the meat of their schedule. So looking forward to seeing how they keep this up in Western Big Six play. Um, and they'll have to do it on the road in week three. And we'll get into that here in just a sec. A few more games to cover from week two. Dunlap gets the win 21 to seven over Rock Island. The Rocks were in a hole early for the second straight week. They had a 49 yard opening kickoff return. That sets up a 41 yard touchdown on the first play from scrimmage. They ended up being down 21 nothing in the first. After that, the Rock Island defense played well, but it just wasn't enough. They would fall obviously short 21 seven. Yeah, we, we saw what this Dunlop team could do last week against Galesburg. So, so yeah, when you take out that that rough start, Rocky played pretty well in this game. So I, I think it was an improvement from week one for, for the Rocks. Um, as you mentioned, that, that Rocky defense played really well for most of the game. Uh, Deshaun McCaw and, and VJ Garrard both had interceptions on defense. Um, the, the running back, Gartar, finished with over 100 total yards, including a 23-yard score. So I, I do think we saw improvement from Rock Island here in week two. Um, they'll, they'll have to continue to doing that because the team we just talked about, Quincy, is coming to town. And uh, again, how, how 
incremental can you can you make an improvement? And, and certainly you don't want to get into a hole that early against Quincy. Yeah, no, that's that's the thing is, you know, they really got to be ready next week to compete against a team like Quincy, which we just talked about. Let's go down a few more results from week two. Wheaton St. Francis goes on the road to Sterling. They get the win 42 to 28 over the Golden Warriors. Spartans quarterback, Ball State commit. What's the name here, Mitch? Help me out. I believe it's Alessio Milio Vojevic. There you go. Finished 16 for 19, 246 yards, four touchdowns. He also had another one on the ground. Spartan wide receiver Ian Willis. He also had a great night. Nine catches, 198 yards, three scores. Wheaton St. Francis scored 28 in the second half to really blow this one open. You know, Mitch, we talked about it before the year started. The schedule was tough out of the gate with Metamora and Wheaton St. Francis for Sterling. And it, mm. it's proven to be that way. These were two tough opponents. Yeah, I think we'll hear those two teams deep into playoff runs, especially this Wheaton St. Francis team. They really played well and they've got some serious weapons. But yeah, the big plays hurt the Golden Warrior defense all night um, and just couldn't keep up with their with their scoring. On the bright side, uh, Joseph Holcomb, he went out last week, I think, early with a cramp. So this was really kind of his first real start, I want to say. Um, and so for him, he was impressive. He, he rushed for 108 yards and a touchdown. He's incredibly quick. Um, so we're used to kind of seeing Sterling quarterbacks be a little bit more dual threat. Um, and with that, he was 6 of 11 for 114 yards, throwing with two touchdowns. Uh, one to Caden, Caden Phillips, the other one to Mason Eman. So uh, again, I think Sterling is starting to get it figured out. Um, we knew coming into this year, they were in a, a three-way battle for a starting quarterback. And then in week one, your, your QB one goes down. So you're in a little bit of a, just a pickle there, but it seems like now that if Holcomb stays healthy, they've got some things figured out on offense and they'll have to continue to do so. Um, again, you got your tough opponents out of the way, and now you're you're still you're still fine in terms of Western Big Six standings. You're still fine. So how how quickly can they recover from these two weeks and uh, and really start moving forward? Yep. Well, Sterling's opponent in week in the opening of Western Big Six play will be United Township. The Panthers coming off a big win in week two. They get the Saturday afternoon victory, sixty to six over Chicago Munchen. Some numbers, thanks to our friends at QC Sportsnet. Isaiah Navarrete finishes with 114 yards. He had three touchdowns, all of them in the first half. Quarterback Christian Peterson, he's filling in for the injured Matthew Kelly. He completed eight of 12 passes for 130 yards, three touchdowns. Cohen Parsons caught two of those touchdowns. Also, Gabriel Campasi grabbed a nine-yard touchdown throw. So man, this this Panther squad, they're you know they were itching to get back on the field after a Week One disappointment. They bust out of the gates in this one and get a huge win. Well, they're ready to bust out of the gates because Chicago Munchen was like twenty five minutes late. So well, yeah, that's true. Yeah, they were they were certainly ready to go. You know, we we thought that this was going to go this way. We, we thought this was going to be a good opportunity for United Township to really showcase their skills because they do they do have a lot of good players on this roster. Um, and you saw it here certainly in this game on Saturday. So, yeah, great win and looking forward to them um, in, in their first a, a pretty a pretty good matchup here, I think, with two programs who really are looking to take the next step, not only as, in this season, but as a program with, with Sterling going to the Soul Bowl next on, on Friday. Yeah, well, let's get into week three here. 
You got Galesburg on the road at Indian Creek, Indiana on Saturday. That's obviously a non-conference game. The rest of the Western Big Six slate will start. Moline versus Geneseo, I believe is that. Um, yes, Geneseo at Moline. You have Sterling, like you referenced, at United Township. And you have Quincy at Rock Island. So all three of those Western Big Six games will be on QC Sportsnet. Make sure to check them out on uh, you know on live streaming. Get your live play-by-play and color commentary from them. Mitch, I think you know all these matchups are important, but the one that stands out to me is the one we circled before the year started was Moline mm-hmm. and Geneseo. I think this this will go a long way in deciding who sits up there near the top of the conference, potentially at the top of the conference if you knock off Quincy, I think we would agree, but yeah. you got to win this one first. Yeah, I think the winner of this game certainly goes into the driver's seat to at least be second in the conference. Again, yep. that's assuming that Quincy continues to play well as we as we predicted uh, in the preseason. But uh, again, Moline, great week one win, tough opponent in week two. Geneseo has played really well. Maybe not the toughest opponents. Gray's Lake's a good team. Yep. But, you know, I, I think in terms of, of a, a playoff or at least team quality, Moline probably has the edge there. So we'll, we'll see. Can can AJ Weller, um, Jerron Neal, Luke Johnson, can that Maple Leaf team, can they slow down Moline's weapons? And for Moline, can they can they get the ground game going? Um, can Can they stop the big play? Because we, we've seen Geneseo capable of that. A.J. Weller, I think, has had 80-yard touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, so they they can certainly score quickly on you. So, again, this is a big game for both programs this year for conference, conference implications and certainly playoff implications, too. Yeah, absolutely. Mitch, the other game that we've talked about, Sterling at United Township. Sterling comes into this one 0-2. United yeah. Township comes in at 1-1. But I think this is a game, when you look at conference play starting, both teams wipe the slate clean, forget about what's happened so far, and yep. you have a chance to, you know, kind of write your own story when it comes to conference play here. Both teams really want to take that right step in conference play, especially for United Township, right? This is a mm-hmm. chance in week in, in the opening week of Western Big Six play to make that statement that we've been kind of waiting to see if they can make. Yeah, correct me if I'm wrong, but this was kind of the de facto Western Big Six championship in that shortened season, right? Yeah, so that was, I mean, that was United Township's, like, signature win, right? That was the yeah. statement win. They were at um, at Sterling to end yep. that season, I believe, to end that spring season. Yep. And they were, I mean, United Township is riding all the momentum at that point, you know? And uh, it was a huge win for their program, and they haven't, Let's be honest, they really haven't gotten back to that level. You know, yeah. they're working their way back towards it. They want to get there. They have, I think, the talent in the right places. So this would be a huge step. And on the flip side, like I said, I think Sterling is wipe out what's happened in non-conference play. It was a two really good opponents. Now you get into big six play. You still control your destiny in the conference. Yep, totally. I, I think so. I think UT, again, has some momentum coming in from a great win. Um, with Christian Peterson playing really well um, in absence of Matthew Kelly. I think that might might give them an upper hand maybe in this game, especially at home too. So we'll, we'll see. I, I, if if Moline and Geneseo is, is number one, I think Sterling 
and UT is like 1B, right? It, because there's a lot of interest in that game to see who, which team can take that next step. Yeah. I mean, I think one more thing to point out, I think you talk about United Township riding that momentum, but I think, man, on the, on the Sterling side of things, you know that they are hungry. I mean, they are, yeah. this team is going to be fired up come big six play. I mean, they've had two tough losses. They're going to be ready to go. I mean, it, it, that's one of those programs that you, you don't want to make mad, right? Like, you don't right. want to be on the side of like a Sterling team that's playing extra motivated to, you know, mm-hmm. kind of continue to fight back. So that that's a good uh, week one matchup. I keep saying week one. You know what I mean? Yeah. Opening week of Western Big Six play. Yep. Uh, Quincy at Rock Island. So Quincy opens their Western Big Six play on the road at Rock Island. Obviously, the Rocks are struggling. Quincy comes in riding all kinds of momentum. It is that road trip. You know, it is that, you know, the the road trip you got to make in the big six for Quincy, but man, they seem to be really firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. It, it's, you know, it's, it's encouraging to see that Rock Island played good defense against Dunlap because Dunlap, uh, as we mentioned, is a really good team. So can they, can that unit slow down Quincy? It, it, it's a tall task. There's no question about it, but Rock Island has the athletes, I think on that side to do it for Quincy. Again, like we mentioned, can they get, off on the right step with all the expectations on them to win the conference this year. Yep. All right, Mitch, have you done any scouting for Indian Creek, Indiana? I have not. They, uh, as you mentioned, <laughs> they are zero and they are zero and two. So I will say, with with how Galesburg played on Friday, uh, they will be coming back from Indiana with a win. Let's do it. Hey, Amari Richardson and Gino Williams in the in the streaks, going to be coming back with another victory. I like it. All right. Well, Mitch, let's get into the Three Rivers Athletic Conference. And I, <laughs> I think we got to start with the game, the, yeah. the game that you were texting me on Friday night, game of the year. This is game of the year. And we're talking week two here and it's game yeah. of the year. Morrison gets the win 22, 21 over Princeton. I I'm just going to let you take it away here, Mitch. Just give us some of your insights on this game. Also, yep. I encourage everyone to go back, listen to the Instant Reacts podcast. It's in our archives. We really broke this game down. Mitch was watching it from start to finish. But Mitch, yep. give us a little recap on this one. Yeah, it it was, again, and I, I said too on the Instant Reacts that the, the Tiger Central Live broadcast team echoed the same thing, that it was one of the best games that they had ever seen. So this was definitely and it will be definitely a game of the year candidate that we talk about at the end of the year because it just it really had everything it had it was back and forth you know Morrison was up six nothing early they went up 13 nothing um Princeton came back they were up 14 to 13 Morrison scores late to go back up um and, and then that's when things really really got interesting uh Princeton has the ball with with under three minutes to play I believe it was they get a long pass at 30, 30 some yards. Um, and then they, the very next play, they, they fire a deep ball to Noah Laporte in the back of the end zone. It's an amazing catch. Great play to push them up uh, once again. So they were up 21, 19 at that point after they kicked, which we can discuss in a minute after they kicked the extra point, they were up 21 to 19 at that point. You, uh, and I, I said in the instant reacts that the texts were rolling in that, oh man, like that, this was such a good game, but it's probably not, you know, it's probably over type of thing. Morrison gets the ball back with right around a minute to play. 
there's a play, a couple, a couple plays in, uh, quarterback Colton Bielma is, is rolling and, and throws an incomplete pass. And I, I believe he cramped up. I don't think he got hit. He cramped up. It looked like, yeah, they were kind of saying it was cramps on the broadcast. Yeah. And yeah. So they call an injury timeout. So he has to come off the field. They throw in uh, Chase Newman, who is a star running back for them. And I, I guess maybe has one of the strongest arms on the team. Comes in, takes a shotgun snap, fires a deep ball down the left side. Deshaun McQueen, it's a, it's a nice catch over the shoulder. Steps out at the 10. Eight seconds left. They roll out a kicking unit. And it, it's freshman Josh McDearman, who is the star of the show, who had not played football before. He played club soccer up until then. He wasn't on the varsity roster sheet. And it's it's funny because you see him trot out there and he doesn't have the wings on his helmet because yeah, he's on JV. crazy. Um, and he just absolutely drills a 27 yard yard field goal. Um, and it's funny too because I think in in one of Co- Coach Nate Vandermeid's post game interviews, he had said they hadn't really seen him kick because at least during this week they were inside because of the heat, so he they hadn't seen him kick all week. And I don't know when they had seen him kick before either. Well, I think I thought they had read maybe the week going leading into week one, they hadn't seen him kick because they were indoors. Maybe last okay. week, they, they last week they did get a chance to work out to get him to kick. But yeah. either way, he, he had not yeah, kicked he, however very it worked, often. However it worked, the, the quote too, and this was a Kevin Hieronymus story, yeah. that, that the coach Vandermeid looked at him and asked him, do you got it? And he said, yeah, I got it. And rolled him <laughs> out there. That is, that's outstanding. That's an outstanding decision by a first year coach to a freshman kicker. Yeah. Um, and, and that was it. So yeah, a, a tremendous game. Uh, the Morrison community is absolutely fired up about this. Um, I think we learned more about how good Morrison is than any concerns with Princeton. Um, I, I thought Princeton played well. They shot themselves in the foot a little bit. I think they had, eight or nine penalties for, for quite a few yards, but it wasn't anything that they didn't overcome either. So uh, again, I, I think we learned more about how, how good Morrison is. They're not just fasting. They're a very strong team. They're very, very good on defense. Um, they showed some cool plays, <laughs> some athleticism on their special teams. So it's a well-rounded Morrison team that maybe we weren't, we weren't expecting this year. We'll know more after this week um, with, with their game against Oregon that we'll talk about in a minute, but, the winner of that game really puts themselves in the driver's seat for that division. Um, but, but on this game in particular, again, w- what a game this was in an exciting, exciting time for everyone around the Morrison football team. Yeah. Well, Mitch, we, you know, debated a lot of different players and there were some players putting up some big time numbers this week and we debated and looked around, but we both came to the unanimous decision that when it comes to the Matthewson's mini helmets, View from the West player of the week in week two. We're going freshman Josh McDearman. That is a clutch kick in a in an unbelievably pressure situation to knock off the top ranked, the number one team in the state in class 3A, the Princeton Tigers, mm-hmm. a team that we have so much respect for and a team that we've been so impressed with over the years. So congratulations to Josh McDearman. He is our Matthewson's mini helmets player of the week for week two. He'll have a mini helmet on on the way to Morrison. It's just man, it, when you start looking at it, man, like he earned it. That is that is such a 
a way to start your kicking career as a freshman. Yeah. So we got to give a shout out to that because that's just unbelievable. So congratulations. Matthewson's mini helmets, they offer totally custom mini helmets and decals for your school. You can find them on Facebook or on Twitter. Again, that's Matthewson's mini helmets. Congratulations, Josh McDearman. He is our player of the week. Josh comes from a very athletic family too, by the way. Uh, his dad, Jason, is older than, than myself, but he, he played Morrison football. Um, and so Josh's uncle, Kendall, is a year older than me. and We played football together. So uh, the McDermott family is a very, very athletic family. So uh, it, looking at the Morrison roster, there's a lot of that. There's a long line of, of good athletes on the roster. So uh, no different here with, with Josh. So as, as you mentioned, this is well-deserved. Uh, tremendous opportunity in, in that spot on the road in one of maybe your first football games ever to, to just to nail that kick well-deserving of this, of this award. And yeah, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to get that mini helmet out to Josh uh, pretty soon. Yep. Absolutely. Moving down the way, Kiwani gets the 28 to nothing win over Erie Prophetstown. They moved to two and zero on the season. Kiwani spread the ball around in this one, a lot of different rushers and they finished with 216 yards rushing. Braden Clark goes seven for 12 with 136 yards passing and a rushing touchdown. Kiwani defense, two interceptions, including a pick six from Clark. Alex Duarte added a pair of scores in this game. Mitch, I had my uh, had a chance to peek my head in at this game. I was there for a little bit in the first half into the third quarter, and the big play I saw was from Duarte. He, he busted a, away from the line, threw out a stiff arm down the sideline. It was, it was an impressive, fun run, and, and Kiwani ran away with this one, 28-0. Yeah, great start to the season from Kiwani. A, a, a very impressive 2-0 start. Um, Brady Clark has has been really, really well, as we thought he would be. Alex Duarte as well. So, yeah, great win for the Boilermakers here, and we'll see if they can keep this uh, keep this rolling here in uh, week three. Mitch, and it was hog days in Kiwani this weekend. Love that. Huge weekend in Kiwani. I, I only wish I could have been around on Saturday it's, for more of the fun. Is it never not a huge weekend in Kiwani? Come on. <laughs> Come on now. More results from the Three Rivers Conference. Monmouth Roseville gets the 21 to 14 win over Bureau Valley. Back and forth game in this one until the Titans would pull away late. Andy Myers with a 52 yard touchdown pass to Nick Avendano with just over two minutes left to play. Titans defense would come up with a big stop deep in their own territory with Bureau Valley driving with under a minute left. Bureau Valley was inside the 15 with 27 seconds left. BV had one last chance with a minute and a half or with a 1.5 seconds left on the clock. The Titans defense would sack Bryce Helms. So a great game here back and forth. And it's the Titans coming away with the win. Yeah, this was, this was truly back and forth. I don't think one team ever had a two touchdown lead. So, um, you know, I've been impressed with Bureau Valley for two, two consecutive weeks now. Bryce Helms and Elijah Andrews both scored for the Storm um, in this game. But in the end, it was the Titans, like you said, they, they scored with, with just over two minutes left to play. So this was, a, this was a classic battle, a great win for Monmouth Roseville. And they moved to, are they 1-0? Or, or sorry, are they 2-0 or are they 1-1? They're 1-1. One one. They opened one one. Princeton, yep. Okay, so both, both teams are now 1-1. One one, yep. So. 
a team that is 2-0 in the Three Rivers and overall right now, obviously, the Orient Chargers, they moved to 2-0 with a 56-8 win over Mendota. Kale Filler, quarterback, leads the way four touchdowns. The Orient Charger defense also found the end zone twice. This Orient Charger team, they're on a roll. This Mendota Trojans team, they're struggling. Yeah, it's a tough start for Mendota, but you know, if you look at who they've played, they've played the two hottest teams in the track in Morrison and Orion. So be interested to see how how they look moving forward now that two of the two of their maybe better opponents are are off the schedule. But for Orion, yeah, a a good week one win over Hall. And then you really got to see Kale Filler um and all of the weapons that Orion has really kind of come into play in this one. So a good win sets up a huge game in week three. Yeah, we'll get to that in a second. That is, yeah, that's a marquee matchup for sure. Newman gets the 16-10 to win over Sherrard on Saturday. Second straight week, the Newman Comets need a last-minute drive. But more importantly, the second straight week, the Comets have made the most of it. They come away 2-0. The Comets led at halftime 8-3. to but it wasn't until Brady Grennan scored to cap off a 75-yard drive, game-securing drive with just under five minutes left to play. Newman's defense also picked off three passes, so a great effort once again from this Newman defense. Yeah, I, I got the stats from from this from Coach LeMay uh, yesterday, the day before. And, you know, we've been impressed with Brady Grennan uh, for, for two straight weeks. And I, I think... And I, I didn't get to talk to coach all that much, but I, I think he would say too, they're still trying to get a little bit faster, right? They're, they're not trying to get to this <laughs> last second drive needed on uh, week by week. But as you said, more importantly, they're showing resolve. They're showing that they can put together these long blue machine drives that are either game winning or game securing, whatever it may be. So, um, and as we expected, that Comet defense is going to keep them in these types of games all season. Yeah, I, I've been really impressed with Newman's defense so far. You know, it's a little bit like we talked about last year, that the offense maybe still is a work in progress, but I think that this defense will keep them in games, and it certainly has so far. It has them out to a 2-0 record, see where they can go from here. On the flip side, you know, Sherrard hasn't – they have the talent – they just haven't quite been able to get over that hump and maybe figure out that, you know, that last step to victory. Um, Holland Anderson threw for 229 yards. Um, also, Noah Fender had a field goal in the first quarter. He also had a receiving touchdown late in the fourth quarter. So he had an impact for sure. Um, but, you know, it's just the Sherrard Tiger team just falling a little bit short in their first two weeks. See if they can bounce back. Yep, no, no question about it. But uh, Newman, again, playing really great defense and they will see if they can continue to do so against a, a Princeton team. That's going to be pretty hungry. I think coming in on Friday night. Yeah. Yeah. There's another great matchup in the three rivers that we'll get to in a second. Hall gets the win 46 to six over Riverdale red devils rush for 271 yards, six touchdowns to get their first win of the year. Five different hall players scored, including Johnny Greeny, Braden Curran, Tristan Redcliffe, Aiden Redcliffe and Miguel Revelis. So big win for the Hall Red Devils to get this one here to get themselves in the win column. Yeah, bounce back win for them after losing to Orion in week one. 
Uh, Brayden Curran has been, I believe he's a sophomore running back. He has been really impressive. So um, th- this will be a segue to something that you, you texted me about, Greg. Maybe they have found a, a suitable replacement for Mac Resetage. Um, I, I think with what uh, Brady Curran has done these past two weeks has really been impressive for the whole rushing attack. Yeah. Speaking of Mac Resetage, how about the, uh, did you see the tweet from over the weekend that um, uh, Coach Bielema for the Illini named his key players in every, in offense, defense, and special teams. And yeah. Mac Resetich was one of his, uh, you know, impact players that he named. So that's a way to make a name for yourself right off the bat as a freshman from Resetich. Yeah, I believe he had at least one tackle on special teams. Um, and I, I also saw, as part of that, that press conference, going back to Moline, um, they expect Matthew Bailey to be back on the field soon. So that'll be a big, big welcome back for him. He, he was so good in his freshman campaign. So looking forward to having uh, all of our local guys that play for the Illini back on the field. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. All right, one more game in the Three Rivers. Rockridge gets the 39-32 to win over Colfax Ridgeview-Lexington. Great road win for the Rockets. Touchdowns by Jacob Fryermuth, Alex Zarlatanis, Connor Deem, Colin Schweigen, and a 39-yard field goal by Austin Vandergeest as time expired to put the Rockets out front 39-6 at halftime. But Mitch, you were kind of following along with this one, and it, it felt comfortable to half, but it got a little interesting in the second. Yeah, we're, we're getting updates from fans in the stands here. It, it, it was Things were going so well. And then it got a little dicey after that, as we, we've known that Ridgeview Lexington has been good for the past couple of years um, and wouldn't be a team that would go away that quietly. So they, they did quickly kind of close in. They scored 26 on the answer to pull within a score. Uh, but but Rockridge would ultimately get the ball back with just over three minutes to play and a first down run by Freyermuth on third and one would be enough for them to run out the clock and get this first win of, of the season. So um, a, a, a pretty surprising loss, I would say, in week one to Newman, just something we weren't expecting. Um, so a good a good bounce back win here for Rockridge as they now get back into um, three rivers play and trying to get back to the top of that division. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice win on the road. You know, anytime you got to go on the road to a, a, an opponent that's you know not in your regular rotation, somebody you're not as always familiar with, it's a good win to get on the road. And it certainly got interesting, but, you know, to be able to yep. come up clutch and get the win, that's always good. It's always a good thing. So let's get into week three, Bureau Valley at Hall, Princeton at Sterling Newman, Mendota at Kiwani, Sherrard at Warrensburg-Latham, Orion at Morrison, Monmouth Roseville versus Erie Prophetstown, and Rock Ridge versus Riverdale. So, Mitch, you kind of teased it a little while ago. I think we got to start with Orion at Morrison. Yeah. Uh, two, two really good 2 0 teams um, that sit atop the rock at the moment. And the winner of this game will be the only undefeated team remaining in the rock. So, a lot of implications here. Um, two teams who we expected to get into the playoffs. Um, two teams who have something to prove, I think. You know, is, is Morrison as good as we think they are now that they've beaten Princeton? Is Orion as good as we think that they are with all the weapons that they have coming off of a big win? So there's a lot of intrigue in this game. You mentioned that you even might be at it for, for WQAD. So, yep. um, yeah, I, I expect this to be very highlight rich 
So you know, hopefully <laughs> yeah. you don't. Uh, hopefully you don't have a clunker like you did in week one. Yeah, no, I'll be, I'm good. I'm good. At At Morrison, yep. um, always a, always a tough place to play. So yeah, this this game, I'm really looking forward to to seeing. Um, again, two really really good teams that we're excited about this year. Yeah, I think you know for me, and you kind of mentioned it a little bit, but when you look at that Orion offense, they put up a ton of points last week against Mendota and they were able to, you know, get the win against Hall in week one. So they've been, you know, doing things on offense, you know, Kale or uh, Kale fillers looked good. How good, you know, can, can he continue to do that against a fast Morrison defense? It seems like that defense was really able to limit what Princeton wanted to do. And we've obviously been impressed with Princeton, right? So I think that's a question right there. But, you know, also to go along with that, I mean, this Orion defense has been getting the job done. What did we say? They scored a couple times on defense last week and they Mm -hmm. held Mendota. They held Mendota eight to eight points or yeah, was it eight? Eight, Yeah. So I think that there's, there's a potential there to, if this Orion defense can do, you know, what they've been doing, can you slow down? a Morrison team that's kind of rolling on offense. I think that that that's an intriguing matchup all the way around. Yeah. I think that's where ultimately the game's going to be won because both teams have a lot of weapons that have the capability of scoring at any time. So which defense rises to the occasion and can stop the other from the big play. Um, I, I think will go a long way to determining who, again, who remains undefeated and, and stays atop the division. Yep. What other games stand out to you, Mitch? I think obviously that Newman Princeton game. You got Princeton; they're they're hungry now, obviously, and Newman's yep. now riding it two and zero. Yep, that one that one is intriguing. Um, I, I look too at Bureau Valley at Hall. Um, yep. two, two one and one teams. This is a long standing rivalry. I've been impressed with with both teams this year at Hall. Um, so uh, again, which. And Bureau Valley is maybe more of a of a spread team than Hall is, but which team can just I think who scores first wins in that game. I really do. Okay. So we'll we'll see. Um and again, two teams that we think are are certainly gonna make, and I think already have made that next step from where they were last year. I think both teams are much improved than they were last season. So again, who can take that next step here into week three and uh, get a conference win under their belt? Yep. Sherrard looks to get their first win of the year in a non-conference game at Warrenburg-Latham, see if they can get the job done. Kiwani looks to stay undefeated to move to 3-0. and They go up against Mendota, who's been struggling. And then you have uh, Monmouth-Roseville and Erie-Prophetstown, a battle of, uh, or no, I'm sorry, Monmouth-Roseville's 1-1, and Erie-Prophetstown's 0-2. Right. And then Rock Ridge going up against Riverdale. Well, Mitch, let's take a quick break. We'll thank a couple sponsors and we'll jump into the Lincoln land. Brink Sportswear offers totally custom made-to-order football uniforms that allow coaches and athletic directors to take control of their brand. The uniforms are available in sublimated and tackle twill. They offer free digital mock-ups, free shipping on team orders, and free physical samples so you know exactly what you're getting before you spend a dime of your program's money. Uniform sets start at $99 for sublimated and $120 for tackle twill. Find them on Twitter or go to brinksportswear.com. View from the West is also sponsored by the Cupcake Cartel. Gourmet cupcakes made to order. Over 40 flavors including wedding cake, lemon blueberry, strawberry milkshake, 
Snickerdoodle, and Oreo. Perfect for weddings, birthdays, fundraisers, or any event. You can find the Cupcake Cartel on Facebook. We want to thank them for their support. All right, the LLC. It's all business in the LLC, Mitch. The Lincoln Land Conference, as always, the Lincoln Land Conference. The game that really stood out to well, I guess a couple games stood out to me, but the one was actually a non-conference game for Mercer County. They get go on the road to Peru St. Bede. They get the win 38 to 13. I know we already named our player of the week. We we gave it to McDearman and Morris Morrison for his, you know, clutch kicking. But it's really hard to pass by Colby Cox. I, I gotta give an honorable mention here. His numbers were unbelievable, remarkable all-around performance here, scoring five total touchdowns on offense. He came away with an interception and a forced fumble on defense. That That is remarkable. Yeah, um, and certainly not out of the realm of something that he can do again. <laughs> He's just that good of an athlete for Marco. Yeah. So, um, but, but all in all, I, I think I was surprised a little bit by Prue St. Bede beating Tuscola in week one. So for Mirko with a tough loss that they had in week one to go on the road, Prue St. Beat's a tough place to play at night and to really win the way that they did. Super impressive. Certainly, as you mentioned, uh, Colby Cox's performance had a big hand in that. So, but good to see Mirko get back on the right track and, uh, and move ahead here. Yeah. I mean, we talked about it in the preseason, in the previews that Colby Cox was one of those, like, you know, absolute impact players no doubt about it for this mercer county team and we thought that if they were going to have success if they were going to compete for a conference title and to have some success in the playoffs he was going to be a big reason why and in week one the team struggled and you know you look at this one and Bruce St. Bede, like you said had come in playing well that's what really impresses me about this is that colby cox becomes the leader steps up Make, make so many plays in so many different areas, you know, great all around performance. And I think a, a performance that Mercer County really needed on the road. So yep. credit to them to bounce back and get, you know, get in the right step. Another big win that I looked at Mitch Knoxville gets the 48 to 30 win over Macomb. Yep. Knoxville, Knoxville hands Macomb their first regular season loss in over 700 days. How about Ooh. that? They yeah, were undefeated, undefeated last year, so that's that's impressive. Yeah. Read through, Mitch. Read through some of these numbers we had from Knoxville here. Yeah, well, we talked about how good of uh, performance Kobe Cox had. I'm looking at Nolan McClay here. He rushed 22 times for 239 yards, four scores in this game. Yeah. Um, but they can also score through the air too. Will Shreves was two of three for 65 yards and two scores. Both of those went to Jay Durham who had two catches for 65 yards. So that's a, uh, a connection that I assume we'll see moving down uh, all season here. So a great one for the Blue Bullets. Like you said, Macomb has been a tough team. They looked good in week one. And Knoxville, a team that we think is is going to be right there uh, towards the top, as they have in the past couple of years, in the top of the division here in the LLC. Yeah, when you start looking, I believe Macomb was a 4A playoff team last year think so so i mean you know bigger bigger school than knoxville so for them to get this win i know it's a you know it's now a conference game it's a divisional game for them but mm-hmm. it is a little bit of a different you know enrollment gap there and for knoxville to come away with the win that that's impressive to me let's keep going down the list rova williams field gets the 47 to 8 win over lewiston 
Brian Bertel show for 182 yards, three touchdowns. You also had Riley Danner going seven for eight and 94 yards. So talk about efficient. Riley Danner getting the job done. Seven passes, 94 yards. Yeah, this is a great one for the Cougars. Um, you know, Lewis is a program who has, has been struggling. They, they were winless last year. They're going to now. But, you know, these are the type of games that you, you need to kind of put your foot down and, and take care of business. And the Cougars certainly did that on Friday night. So a great one for Rova as they go to 2-0. and And they will have a road matchup this week that is, is probably one of my key games here that we'll talk about in a second going up against a really hot Monmouth United team. All right, we'll keep going down the list. Illini West gets the 34-14 win over Elmwood-Brimfield. Chargers led 22 to nothing early in this one, but Elmwood-Brimfield would close the gap to make it 21-14 to at, at the break. Illini West would pull away in the second half. Shutout defense brings the Chargers to 1-1 one and one in the season, so a nice win for Illini West, the Chargers. Yep, no question. So, as you mentioned, Emma and Brimfield kind of made a, a little bit of a comeback, but Lenny West held true. Uh, shut out, shut out Elmwood Brimfield in the second half, and that'll bring them to an even one and one. And I believe they're for their first win for their new head coach. So, uh, congrats to Illini West on a win on Friday. There you go. Another result: Farmington forty-five to twenty over West Hancock. Mitch, go through some of the numbers we had from the Farmers. Yeah, Farmers quarterback Jack Wheelwright ran for two hundred and twenty-two yards to pace. This really prolific Farmington offense, who now has scored 84 points in the first two weeks. Uh, Logan Utt ran for 144 yards, while Lane Wheelwright added 77 as the Farmers now move to 2-0. There we go. We're giving Lane Wheelwright his proper credit, because I think in the instant reacts, we call them both Jack. Yeah, right. (laughs) Got it right this time. (laughs) All right, Mitch. Well, a few other games to go through here. We'll quickly run through some scores. South Fulton gets the 13-0 win over A-Town. United moves to 2-0 on the season. They get the win 34-22 over Rushville Industry. Princeville gets the 36-14 win over Havana. So nice win there for the Princes. One more game to get to in the LLC. This, I think, was the game of the week in this conference. Stark County gets the 21-20 win over Anawan Weathersfield. The Rebels were firing right out of the gate here. Defensively, they stalled Anawan Weathersfield on their opening drive. They turn around and immediately score on their first play from scrimmage. Luke Rewerts hits Lane Jost for a 46-yard touchdown. Anawan Weathersfield would tie it up in the first half. They exchange scores again in the third quarter to tie it up at 14 before Rewerts connects again on a home run pass to Jost for 53 yards. That made it 21-14 at the end of three. If you want to hear my most embarrassing story ever covering high school football, go check out the Instant Reacts podcast. All I'll say in my own defense was I was traveling back and forth between two games. Adrenaline was pumping. The crowd was really into it at Anwan Weathersfield. But if you want to hear the full story, go listen to the Instant Reacts. We, we get into it, and I, I humiliate myself. But anyway... Down in the fourth quarter, Anawan Weathersfield would respond. Dylan Ori with a touchdown run. They elect to go for two and the lead. But again, Stark County's defense responds. Anawan Weathersfield's final chance a minute later would be picked off, and that would end it. I'm really impressed here with this effort from Stark County. Mitch, you've been high on Anawan Weathersfield, but it was this Stark County defense that really got the job done in this one. Yeah, this this is a great great win for the for the Rebels, and like you said, that defense 
is really what probably won them the game. So, um, you know, they were able to contain Zeb Rashid all night, only limited to 18 yards. Um, Luke Rewards, who, who plays so good on offense, um, I think is the other side of the story too, right? So they're playing well on, on both sides of the ball. They're now sitting at 2-0 and and really, uh, again, putting themselves at the forefront of this conference. Yeah, you know, talking to um, head coach Jade Nord out there in Stark County, he really credited his front seven, his front seven, that it really wasn't one kid, but it was, you know, the group effort, that it was, you know, it, it usually takes a group effort to bring down a running back like Rashid, and that their guys really did get, you know, get a body on him, and then they swarmed to the ball, and they really did a good job of containing him. And I, I, I thought, I was really impressed with the way that they were able to, a lot of times get him in the backfield, you know, trip him up before he was even, even, even able to really gain any, any momentum, mm-hmm. but just a really great effort. He also thought Cole Kinsella and Ben Siebenthal also led the charge that they were stepping up and making plays on defense. So a few names there from Stark County, but overall this, this rebel defense did a great job and the rebel offense did just enough. You know, they were able to capitalize on some big plays when they needed to really hit that home run pass and just, Rewerts was able to throw the ball effectively when he needed to, but just on the ground, just really able to pound it when he needed to as well. Yep. So great effort all the way around from the Rebels to get a huge win for them. They now sit at 2-0. and Yep. Let's get into week three here. Illini West at Macomb. Knoxville going up against Princeville. Mercer County at Lewiston. West Hancock at Elmwood Brimfield. Farmington on the road in a non-conference game against Tuscola. So that's on the big side of things. You also on the smaller side have Anawan Weathersfield at Rushville Industry, Stark County going up against A-Town, Rova Williamsfield at Monmouth United, and South Fulton going up against Havana. Mitch, how about Rova Williamsfield at Monmouth United? Yeah, I I think that is probably, at least on the small school side, that's where I'm, I'm kind of putting a star next to it. Been really impressed with both teams. Probably more impressed that Monmouth United is 2-0. I think we expected Roba to really be there and to be competitive, um, or I should say to be one of the kind of the front runners for our conference titles. But Monmouth United has looked really good. A, a great win against Rush, Rushville Industry on Friday. So, again, can, and the Cougars going on the road. Can they continue their momentum? Can that offense continue to play really well? Or can Monmouth United play maybe a little bit of spoiler here? and move to 3-0. and Certainly have that one starred. On the big school side, I, I think I do think that Illini West and Macomb will be a big one, but I think in the past years that we've talked about um, the Lincoln Trail, Knoxville and Princeville was always a game that kind of almost either decided the conference or played a big part in who won the conference. So um, Princeville, nice win against Savannah. So can Knoxville keep that momentum up and win at home? And uh, move to three and zero, right? Um, we talking to Knox? Who we talking yeah. about? Knoxville is Knoxville two and zero. Yeah, Knoxville okay, would right. be. I, yep. I thought I had that right. I second guessed myself, but <laughs> um, again, I, so I, I look at that game. But Illinois West at Macomb is, is certainly interesting too. Macomb can they bounce back from like you said the first loss in seven hundred days against an Illinois West team coming off a big win? Yeah, I think that yeah, Illinois West at Macomb is a game that stands out to me for sure on that big side. I think that's a really interesting matchup. And then Farmington going on the road. You know, we talked a little bit about Tuscola going up against St. Bede earlier this year in week one. 
you know, see how they can do if they can continue, you know, their winning streak there on the road against Tuscola. Let's take a quick, let's take a quick break here. And we'll be right back to cover the Northwest upstate Illini. And of course, some eight man football. The Quad Cities' first and only fantasy football show, For Fantasy Sake, has you all covered when it comes to all of your fantasy football needs. The guys come to you live every Sunday morning during the football season from 10 to 1130. They've got the best analysis, rankings, DFS, and gambling advice between the Rock and Mississippi Rivers. So tune in to For Fantasy Sake every Sunday during the football season from 10 to 1130 a.m. on Facebook and YouTube. All right, let's get into the Northwest Upstate Illini. Lena Winslow gets the 32-8 win over Fulton. The top-ranked top ranked Panthers, easy for me to say, get the key win on the road over Fulton. A little bit of a slow burn type of game for Lee Wynn. They led 16-0 at halftime. You still kind of felt like Fulton was hanging around in this one. That Panther defense comes up huge with a red zone interception in the second quarter. Panthers would score two more times in the second half. Gage Dunker finishes with four touchdowns. No quit from this Fulton team, though. The Steamers special teams unit blocked a punt late in the fourth. They would later score on a 21-yard pass to get them on the board. So for Fulton, Mitch, you know, they're they're hanging around in these games. But, man, what a tough way to start. They go to play Lee Wynn and Forreston. Two of the best, maybe the best teams in the state of Illinois. Mm-hmm. When you're talking about, you know, class 1A football right out of the gate. Yeah, it, it's certainly a tough draw for, for the Steamers here. Um, and, you know, they're a young team, too, I, I think. And they're, they might be going through some some growing pains this year. Uh, obviously, Dom Kramer is a, is a new quarterback this year. But they've been playing well. That's the thing. They're still in these games. And a lot of teams are going to lose to Forreston and a lot of teams are going to lose to Lena Winslow. So um, I think in the same vein as like we talked about with Sterling, they're in an 0-2 hole, but I think they're still, the pieces are there to finish the season strong. And certainly I, I do think that with Fulton, with two of these big games um, off of their schedule, right? They, now they can move forward and pick up some wins to get back in the playoffs. Cause I think this team has the talent to do it. Yeah, when we were talking earlier with uh, Kyle Kampmeyer from NUICfootball.com and, you know, he does weekly rankings that we contribute to and we submit our, you know, thoughts on the rankings. And I still got Fulton in the top 10 because even at 0-2, I still feel like the talent is there. I think they will move up the rankings as the season goes because they will prove themselves in the win column. But it's just, it's a tough start right now. More results from the NUIC. Forreston gets the 18-8 win over Dakota. No score after the first quarter, but Owen Mulder punched in two second-quarter touchdowns to grab a 12-0 halftime lead. They would add to it with a pick six from Cohen Kirshner. As usual, balance attack from the Cardinals. We mentioned Mulder, but Micah Nelson had 56 yards. Caleb Sanders, 45 yards. Four other players contributed with carries as well. So just a balanced attack from this one. You know, I credit Dakota. They hung around in this one. It was close, but, um, you know, Forreston looks to be the part this year. They look really good. Yeah, battle-tested for two straight weeks, and they've gotten two wins out of it. So, um, as you mentioned, the usual, a balanced rushing attack. It's, it's rushing by committee, and it really, really works well for Forreston. So good good win here against a Dakota team who I think was still in the top ten maybe. So Forreston's had two tough games just like Fulton has 
And it doesn't get any easier for Forsen either going into week three. And we'll talk about their opponent here in a second. But um, that that might be a game of the week type of thing with Forsen and Galena here in week three. Well, I was going to mention on the flip side for Dakota, it doesn't get any easier either. They have this one again. They had this one against Forreston. Then you look at Dupec, Lena Winslow, and Fulton are their next three opponents. Mm. So mm. they got a tough slate coming, you know, very soon too. And they've, they've played well so far. You know, they, like I said, they hung around in this one and they got that week one win against Fisher. This is a tough slate. They'll have to be ready to play really well. We'll talk more about that in a, in a second here. Let's get down to the other results. Galena gets the 49 to nothing win over West Carroll. Pirates pick up their second win of the season. Pirates quarterback Roman Romer, two for two, passing 40 yards, two scores, while the Galena rushing attack goes for nearly 200 yards and four scores. That's Jack Reese, Miles Schumacher again, pacing the Pirate attack. That's for the second week in a row. They combined for nearly 150 yards and three scores. So a great effort here from the Galena Pirates. They now sit at 2-0. Yeah, I've been impressed with Galena for the second straight week as well. So certainly West Carroll having, having a tough season, but um, doesn't take anything away from Jack Reese, Miles Schumacher, and all of, all of Galena's roster who has really played well. And as, as just talked about, we'll, we'll see if they're for real here uh, with this week three matchup against Forreston. Yep, absolutely. We're going to start learning a lot as we go, and that's the fun part of all this. Dupec gets the 42 to nothing win over Eastland Pearl City. Jalen Noud had a 37-yard touchdown run. Brody Black caught a 40-yard touchdown pass. No no word if it was as impressive as last week's catch, but hey, a 40-yard touchdown pass is what it is, so you'll take it either way. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Brody Black also had a two-yard rushing touchdown, so whatever whatever you have to do to get the victory, that's what's important. Dupec is now sitting at 2-0. They get the win. 42 to nothing. Mitch, this Eastland Pearl City team, they're off to a rough start here. Yeah, we we, we had some higher expectations for, for EPC coming into the year. Certainly um, no easy task to, to play well or even to get a win against a two-pack team. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing how their season progresses here. Um doesn't get easier for them either. They go on the road to Fulton in week three. But for Dupec, a, a great win. Um, and they also have a tough, a tough game, like you mentioned, going, uh, hosting, uh, Dakota. So, um, but Dubek's been impressive to start the season. Yep, absolutely. One more game to get to the non-conference game in the Northwest upstate Illini Stockton gets the win over Hayworth 47 to 13 Tanner Guile and Carl hub combined for 139 yards on the ground to give the Blackhawks their first win of the year. Quarterback Colby Tucker, four for six, passing 86 yards with a score as well. The second straight week that this Stockton team has looked good, and now they're sitting at uh, one and one. Yeah, played Dupec really tough, and again, needed a really, <laughs> really great catch from Brody Black to, to beat them last week. So good bounce back win for Stockton here. Um, Colby Tucker was was really, really good. So uh, as you mentioned, second straight week that we've, we've liked Stockton. Um, Pretty, pretty tough matchup here as Lena Winslow hits the schedule. But uh, I still expect Stockton to play really, really well, uh, not only week three, but moving forward. Yep. So Stockton will be hosting Lena Winslow. You also have West Carroll going on the road to Aurora Central Catholic. 
You have Dakota hosting Dupec, EPC at Fulton, and Galena is hosting Forreston. So that's an interesting one there. The Galena and Forreston, a battle of a couple 2 and O's. And you yep. also have, um, you know, that Dupec and Dakota matchup. And obviously Stockton and Lena Winslow. There's you know, several games here standing out to me. Yeah, I, I think, and I, I hate to predict the games because we don't do a whole lot of that on, on the show, but as much as I anticipate Lena to win that game, I'm interested to see how Stockton looks, right? Are, are they for real? Because even in a losing effort to, to Lena or even in a losing effort to Dupac, you know, they looked good against Dupac. We'll see how well they stack up against Lena Winslow. But I, I mentioned it earlier, I think my, my attention will be drawn with Galena hosting Forreston because I've been really impressed with both teams this year. Uh, I think this will be a key matchup for playoff implications going into uh, going into weeks down the road, I should say. So, yeah, I think we're now into that part of the schedule in the NUIC where every week there's going to be multiple games that are, are really intriguing, and this week three is no different. Yeah, and things will start to become a little more clear, you know, each week as it goes by. You'll, you'll get a little bit of a a view of the big picture here as the season goes on. But the, the other matchup that I should have mentioned there, Eastland Pearl City at Fulton. I should have, like I said, I should have mentioned that, you know, Eastland Pearl City has struggled, like we mentioned, and Fulton has played well against two really good teams. So that's kind of an interesting matchup of, you know, 0-2 versus 0-2. But I think kind of coming at it from different areas, right? right? You know, this 0-2 Fulton, seems to have a better resume than an 0-2 Eastland Pearl City. But either way, somebody's got to get this win here. It, it's an interesting one. Yep, no question about it. All right, Mitch, that brings us to the eight-man football ranks. Let's go through some scores. And when you start scoring in eight-man football, how about we talk about Amboy, 80-8 to over River Ridge. That This Clippers team we knew was impressive. Uh, they really showed it against River Ridge in week two. Yeah, you know, I hadn't seen a score like that in a while. And then it turned out that I think Oregon put up 81 yeah, on yeah. Saturday. So, um, yeah, great Hovens is both in Oregon and Amboy. But, yeah, yeah this, this, is, uh, this is a great win. And, again, we've been we, – we knew, we thought that Amboy was going to be good. They were the preseason number one. They are clear number one um, so far in eight-man with two really, really big wins. So, um, yeah, the Clippers roll on here. Uh, as the season goes on. Yeah. I mean, that was the most lopsided victory, but we had several others that were, um, you know, fairly one-sided as well. Milledgeville gets the 64 to 14 win over quest Academy. Connor Nye seven for seven, 184 yards. Talk about efficient seven for yeah. seven with four touchdowns. He also rushed for 29 yards and two scores to lead the missiles past the Gators. So nice win for Milledgeville there. You also have Polo with the big win over Orangeville, 50-6. to Polo senior quarterback Brock Soltow, a dominant showing, rushing 13 times, 248 yards, four touchdowns, also completing one of two pass attempts for a 10-yard touchdown to running back Noah Dewey. So the Marcos continue to look impressive. Also looking impressive, Ridgewood gets the 46-14 win over West Central. So... Some teams that we've, you know, been interested in thinking that they were, you know, pretty good this year. They they showed showed very well for themselves in week two. Yeah. And now, now it gets interesting, too, because 
if we go through these week three matchups, the one already already looking at it is Polo hosting Milledgeville. I think the number two versus number three team in eight man, right? So um, could be a matchup we see again in the playoffs and two really, really good offenses, Connor Nye versus Brock Soltau. That'll be a show. Yeah, yeah, you're not, you're not kidding about that. Well, let's look into week three here. Peoria Heights at West Central. That game will be on Thursday. You have Bushnell Prairie City going on the or taking on Galva. You have Ridgewood going on the road to Decatur Unity. Orangeville at River Ridge. Like you mentioned, Milledgeville taking on Polo. And Amboy will be at Martinsville on Saturday. Yeah, I think for me, it's that uh, it's that Polo Milledgeville game. See how Ridgewood can handle a test, a road test at Decatur Unity. And then Amboy, can they continue to roll? They have a tough matchup, you know, kind of going across the state to Martinsville. Yeah. Um, uh, again, I, I look no further than Polo Milledgeville. Really looking forward to two really, really good offenses. Um, could could be a shootout, right? Uh, I. I for the past couple of years, we've been impressed with Connor Nye and Brock Soltau. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing that game on Friday. Yeah, that Ridgewood um, game is interesting because they're going on the road to face, you know, opponent across the state in Decatur. But the, the other one, the one I mentioned on Saturday, Amboy going on the road to Martinsville. Martinsville is 2-0 and this year. They've had a win over Milford, 22-14. to and they've also had a win over Metro East Lutheran out of Edwardsville, 56 nothing. So this one, you know, may be a bit more of a test for this Amboy team. Yeah. You know, Amboy has played that Decatur Unity in a big win in week one, and then this one against River Ridge, you know, on the road against a 2-0 Martinsville team. Will this be the first test for Amboy? They seem to be ready to answer that test, but it's a game to watch for sure. Yeah, Martinsville's defense seems to have played pretty well, so... Could this be the Amboy's first test? I think so. Um, but no one has shown any signs of slowing them down either. Yep. Yep. All right, Mitch. I think that brings us to the end here. I think we've talked yeah. about all of it. So gearing up for uh, gearing up for another big week. And uh, do, you, uh, do you know where you're going yet? I don't know for sure. I've, I've had that um, Orion Morrison game on my, you know, on my plate as one to look at. So um let's see if you're going there sterling's sterling's on home so you can't make that swing yeah actually uh matt randazzo actually mentioned that maybe that's just a isolated game i just get get to go and sit uh newman is home against princeton so i guess they are that isn't sterling okay okay so you might be able to do the morrison or the sterling morrison swing man that's tough to leave either one of those games yeah yep (laughs) All right, yeah, I'm I'm debating. Um, that could be that um that Morrison Orion game. Maybe I could go, you know, Sterling Newman to Morrison. That would be fun. Yeah, a lot. Of, you got a lot of options. Options in week three. Again, we want to thank our sponsors: Breedlove Sporting Goods, Matthewson's Mini Helmets, Brink Sportswear, also the Cupcake Cartel. Thank you so much for your support. Thank you to everyone who listens. Stay tuned. Go back, listen to the instant reacts if you haven't yet. We'll be back with the instant reacts again next Friday. And then, of course, we'll be back here a week from now, breaking down these games and looking ahead to week four. Yep. Looking forward to it. 
That'll do it for this week's episode of View from the West. Thank you so much for listening. I encourage you to go out to Apple Podcasts or Podbean and subscribe so you can follow along and downloads will come automatically every week. You can follow along on Twitter at ViewFromWestPod. You can also email me if you're interested in being a sponsor, ViewFromWestPod at gmail.com. Thanks so much. We'll see you next week.